I read about a woman who was very, very frustrated with her husband. She said that he had a chronic disease, and the chronic disease was this, that whatever she told him, he didn't seem to hear. Now, ladies, do any of your husbands? Well, let's just move on. Uh, She said that he would ask her a question about something that she had just told him minutes before, or she would be talking, and then suddenly he would just say something that was completely unrelated to what she was saying, just to interrupt her. Or she could ask him a question, and there'd be no response at all, and she said she was so sick of him not listening to her. Well, this husband decided to buy his wife an Alexa for Christmas. You know, the Amazon assistant, Amazon, can you play Christmas music? Amazon, can you tell me what the temperature is? All of those kinds of things. You can ask questions, and, and or not Amazon, pardon me, Alexa, and, and Alexa will respond. Well, the woman said about her Christmas gift, after a few days, I realized that Alexa hears everything I say and responds each time. She said, something I failed to get from my husband over the last 20 years. But at least he did give her the Alexa, who does listen. Well, on one particular day, this lady said she was sick and tired of being ignored. And she told her husband, well, I want to make this clear for the record. I hate that you don't listen to me. It's not right. It's not fair. And if one day I leave you because of it, don't say that I never warned you. And as soon as she said those words, this lady said, I knew that I shouldn't have said that. I knew that that I shouldn't have said anything about leaving or divorcing him. But she said, my saving grace was this. I was confident that he hadn't heard me. (laughs) So sometimes we men are awful difficult to tolerate, as this woman's story illustrates well. This morning, we're going to take some time to think together about two different kinds of women. And along the way, we'll learn an important lesson from God's Word that's applicable to all of us. We'll think about this question together. Are we really listening to God's Word and following the counsel of God's Word, or are we just ignoring it? We'll be in Proverbs chapter 14. The book of Proverbs was written primarily by King Solomon, of course, before his heart had turned away from God. The word Proverbs means to be like, and and its comparisons, its comparisons of, of concrete illustrations of life with the fundamental realities of life. So Proverbs is filled with comparisons to help us grasp deeper spiritual realities. The book of Proverbs provides general truths, not absolute promises, as these general truths can have exceptions in a fallen world. This morning's message focuses on women, but there are lots of truths that will be applicable to all of us. Let's look at Proverbs 14, chapter 1. Every wise woman builds her house, but a foolish one tears it down with her own hands. Now, this text contrast two kinds of women. First, let's consider the wise woman. What does it mean to be wise? Well, Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So wisdom is knowing God. It's fearing God. It's desiring to live a life that that honors Him, that, that pleases Him. In fact, wisdom 
is taking the truth of, of God and putting it into motion. It's putting it into practice in, in your life. It's truth lived out. Well, this passage says every wise woman. What about the idea of, of woman? And what does it mean to be a woman? In, in our culture, there's a lot of confusion about the meaning of, of male and female. Is gender socially constructed? Is it about what a person feels? Well, the Bible teaches that God created gender. We see this in Genesis chapter 1, that God created male and he created female. And he meant for men and women to complement one another. And through marriage, to have children and to raise a family, it was, it was to be a bedrock that, that protected culture and society and gave a safe place for children to be nurtured and raised. Well, in our world that's, that's broken by the effects of sin, there's a lot of confusion about what it means to be male and female. And you think about even birth defects come into to, to this discussion, affect this conversation. There's a, there's a lot of challenges here. Without taking the time to fully explore all of these, we can say that God's good design is that there be male and female and that they complement one another. This was a part of God's good creation, albeit there's brokenness in, in our sinful world. And the Bible also teaches distinct roles for men and women in the church and in the home. Scripture presents men and women as being equal in essence. And Scripture upholds the value, the gifting, the contributions of women. In fact, we see that women play a prominent role in the ministry of Jesus and in the early church. And so women should be respected, honored, treated with dignity. Sometimes men will say, well, the Bible says a husband's supposed to be the head of his home, so that woman better do what I tell her to do. And any man that says anything like that understands nothing of what the Bible says about leadership. Leadership is what Jesus did. He laid his life down. And so when people say that, that the Bible puts women down, it's a misunderstanding of the truths of Scripture. A husband that follows Jesus is going to serve his wife and lay his life down for her. And so we see that, that women ought to be respected and honored. We affirm that, that gender is a part of God's good creation, even in the midst of the confusion and pain that, that we know today in our world uh, around these issues surrounding gender. And we also affirm the great value and contribution of, of women in God's kingdom in the church. So as we think about this wise woman, what is she doing? Well, she's an active lady. She's building. Now, we know the word build means to combine materials and parts to, to make something. It's not that this woman was building her house literally, like she's out with the hammer and the nails. What this means is that she's building up her family. She is strengthening her home. Proverbs 24, verses 3 and 4 says, A house is built by wisdom, and it's established by understanding. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with every precious and beautiful treasure. You see, this woman has purpose. She wants to build up her home. She's striving to build up her family. She recognizes her critical role in establishing a strong household, and she steps up to the challenge. It is right and good for a wife and mother to prioritize her family. That, that's what Scripture teaches all throughout. It's right and good for a woman to prioritize her family. Now, in our, in our culture today, this is looked down upon by many. It's backwards. It's degrading. And yet, from a biblical perspective, there's no higher calling. 
There's no higher calling. It's right and good, the Bible says. Well, what's the result of this woman's commitment to build her home? Well, the, the result is that her household is strong. Her husband and her children are blessed by her dedication to the Lord and, and to their family. Now, her home, this idea of her home, probably has broader implications than simply her own home. It probably refers to her community as well. And the reason we, we can say this is because in Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31, we see the picture of what a wise woman is, of who she is. And we see that she's a blessing to the entire community. This woman walks in the fear of the Lord. She strives to live out God's truth in her daily life. And the result is that she's blessed, her family is blessed, and the people around her, her community, they are blessed as well. I read a tribute that a woman had written about her mother. She said that her mother had been a model of strength for her. She cared for her and her three siblings after the death of their father. She was only 36 when their father passed away, and the kids were ages 2 to 12. And this woman said that her mother kept them on the farm that that they had known and grown up on, and she continued even even after the loss of their father to provide them a, a loving, caring home. And she said along the way at each stage of life, she had seen her mom exemplify this kind of of strength and sacrifice. She said even at 90, she shared a special gift with her kids and with her grandkids. She had taken the time leading up to her 90th birthday to write their family's story, to tell the story of of their family. And she gave a copy of each one of those books to, to her kids and to her grandkids And she said that that they treasured those books and undoubtedly the coming generations would treasure the story of their family. Now there's a picture. There's just a glimpse of what wisdom looks like. A woman who faced adverse circumstances. She kept going. She kept loving her kids and her family. She was building her home. And as she aged, she strived to pass on their story, to, to give them roots. Now imagine the impact of a godly woman who's committed to the Lord Jesus and who strives to to bless others around her and help those who are around her also know him and follow him and walk with him and who's committed to telling the greatest story ever to the coming generations. Imagine the kind of impact she can have. Incredible and amazing impact this lady can have. So fear God. Love him. And help others to do the same. That's wisdom. That's wisdom in action. Now we've looked at the wise woman. Let's consider the wild woman or the foolish woman. This is the woman who's busy tearing her own house down. She's using her own hands. So what can we say of this wild woman, this foolish woman? First, she has no wisdom. She doesn't fear God. She lives life the way she wants to live it. She's not interested in what God has to say. She's not interested in what Scripture teaches. She's going to make her own way. She's going to do things the way she wants to do them. She doesn't care what the consequences are for, for others or herself. Now, Proverbs 7, verses 10 through 23, give us a picture of this wild woman. She has no regard for what God says. She has no regard for her marriage or family. She lives life as she pleases. This woman is active too, but it's not in building her home. 
No, she's busy tearing her house down by her foolish actions, by her sinful decisions. She's destroying her own home. But notice that this woman's sin doesn't just affect her. No, her sin has an impact more broadly on her home. Ultimately, this woman's sin results in self-harm. In her sin and in her foolishness, she's destroyed her own home, her own life. She has been her own demolishing crew. Now, so much of what is exalted today is all about me, all about what I want. I want fulfillment. I want this. I want that. And and I want everything to go my way. And when it comes to women, culture often tells women, hey, don't waste your life on your family. You live for yourself. Don't waste your life on on serving others. Live the life you want to live. Fulfill your dreams. Do what you want. So many celebrities and and, and singers, we we see this, uh, living wild lives and unwise kind of lives from from their dress to their words to their behavior. So many who are considered trendsetters in our culture are doing just what the foolish woman is doing here. They are destroying themselves and those around them. So we've looked at the wise woman. We've looked at the wild woman. What does Proverbs 14.1 teach? It teaches us this. Walk in the fear of God. Walk in the fear of God. Desiring to know Him. To follow Him. To love Him. You see, to go your own way is foolish. It's harmful. It's destructive. You'll destroy your own life. But not just that. You'll destroy those who are around you. But to walk in wisdom, to walk in the fear of the Lord is a great blessing. And it's a benefit not just to you, but it's a benefit to all those who are around you. Let's think about how this idea of walking in the fear of God and the, and the application of Proverbs 14.1 works itself out in our lives. First, let's think about this question. How do you get on the wise path? How do you get on this path of of fearing God and walking with Him. Well, 1 Corinthians 1.30 says this, Jesus became wisdom from God for us, our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. In other words, Jesus is wisdom in person. Do you want to know what wisdom is? Look at the life of Jesus. He lives a perfectly righteous life. His life is the perfect example of wisdom. Why did He come and live that kind of life? He came and He lived that kind of life for our redemption. For our rescue. See, on the cross, he took the punishment for our sin upon himself. He was nailed to a cross. And he suffered and died for our sins. He was buried and he came back to life so that you can have a relationship with Christ. Have you ever turned from your sin and placed your faith in him? This is the beginning of the way of wisdom. So I want to say to you if you're here today and you do not know the Lord Jesus, you can't ultimately walk in the way of wisdom. The way that you begin to truly walk on the way of wisdom is to turn to Christ in faith, to be saved. Now, perhaps many have believed that you can get on this wise path of fearing God in your own way. I'll do it my way. Maybe you can say, well, hey, I was baptized. Or I'm a pretty good person. Or I go to church quite a bit. But understand, if you think any of those things will put you into a right relationship with God, You're trusting in man's wisdom. 
Because the wisdom of God tells us that there's only one way to know God, and it's through the perfect sacrifice of his son, Jesus. The only way you can get on the wise path is by turning to Christ in faith. So we get on the wise path by by turning to Jesus. How else does this apply in our lives? Well, every one of us must decide which path will we take. Will we walk this way or will we walk that way? What choice will you make? The way of the wise or the way of the world? The way of the fool? If you really want to walk in the way of the wise, then this morning I want to encourage you to call out to God and to say to him, God, change my heart. I've been going the wrong way. God, help me to walk in your ways. Help me to take the truth of your word and put them into practice. Tell God that you want to fear him, that you want to know him. Then do the kinds of things that will help you get to know him more. Read the Bible daily. Spend good time in prayer daily. Get involved in church where, where other believers can encourage you and spur you on in the faith. These things will help you walk in the ways of God. They'll help you learn to love Him and to fear Him, to obey Him. Next, I'd like to say a few words directly to the ladies, but much of what I'm going to say will apply more broadly. Let's begin with a word to mothers, to weary mothers. I want to say to you, if you're a mom and you're worn and tired, keep going. Don't lose heart. Your love and commitment to your family is of inestimable worth. In the midst of sleepless nights, in the midst of diapers and vomit, in the midst of screaming and crying, or as the kids get older, in the midst of the, the difficult decisions that you have to make, should I let them do this, should I not? The, the coming in late, the perhaps disrespectful attitudes in the midst of all of that. You get weary. You, you begin to say, is this worth it? Moms, I want you to know the work you're doing is an eternal work. It's of eternal value. You're shaping lives. And this work is going to matter forever and ever and ever. After you're gone, the work that you've poured into those little ones it matters. It matters so much. So, so mamas, don't you lose heart. Don't you for a minute give up or give in. You keep going. You press hard into Jesus. You ask him for strength. And then you keep loving those babies to Jesus. It matters. Next, I'd like to say a word to those who, who have no children. Invest your life into the kingdom of God. Pour yourself into serving Christ. You've got an opportunity to to, to mentor and love on younger women. You've got an opportunity to serve Christ. So take the time that you have and use it in those ways. Help a young mom. Pray with the mom of a teenager who's struggling. Get involved in ministry at church. Go on mission trips. Use your life for the furtherance of the gospel. Now, a word to grandmas. Grandmothers, Use your influence to encourage your grandkids to love Jesus. You have a unique role in shaping and nurturing those kiddos. Let them see that you love Jesus with all your heart. Let them see that you love him more than anything else. Let them see that you're committed to praying, that you're committed to reading the word of God. Let them catch you reading the Bible when when they're over visiting. Let them see that's a part of who you are. Teach them about Jesus. And then, as these kids get older, use the relationship that you've cultivated with them to encourage them and shape them toward the Lord Jesus, to give them wisdom. 
to say to them when they're frustrated with their parents and, and they're aggravated and think their parents aren't being fair. Use your relationship to gently nudge them and say, hey, your parents are looking out for you. Use your influence to help them trust their parents. Use your influence to help them keep the faith when they have questions, when they have doubts, when they wonder. Oh, grandparents, you have such incredible opportunities to shape your grandkids. Now a word to men, to children, and to teenagers. Be grateful to the ladies that God has placed in your life. Be grateful to the ladies that God has placed in your life. It breaks my heart when, when I see men kind of complain or talk, oh, my wife, she... And don't get me wrong, I, I mess up all the time. My wife could, could tell you that. I, I, I'm not trying to throw stones. But men, so often we take these ladies for granted. My goodness, think of all they do. Think of all the ways they serve and take care of us. Take care of all kinds of things. You know, if you, if, you took, if you took your wife out of the picture, the ladies who have served you and supported you out of the picture, think of what your life would be like. I always say at my house, if I'm sick, it's no big deal. If a kid's sick, we can make it. But if mom's sick, everything shuts down. These ladies carry so much weight. So men, let's appreciate them. Do we have perfect wives? No, but they certainly don't have perfect husbands either. Let's be grateful for them. And kids, think of the ways that your mama cares for you. The ways that that she serves you and loves you. Let her know that you appreciate her. Be grateful for for, for grandmas and for aunts and other ladies. What about those women who who are not a part of our, our family per se, our biological family, but what about those women who are a part of our spiritual family? who have nurtured our faith and encouraged us in the faith. We need to be grateful for those ladies. So give one of those women a call and say to them, or or a, a text, and let them know how much you appreciate them. Think of some of the older, majestic homes here in Uvalde. We have a good number of homes that were built probably around 100 years ago that are, that are still standing and still have their beauty and charm. But you know what? Those homes, they didn't just happen. No, somebody had to lay a good foundation. There had to be solid construction. And not just that, ongoing maintenance and care has kept their beauty and their charm intact. Think of some of the the beautiful homes. There are so many here. Now I want you to imagine for a moment a neighborhood in which houses are utterly destroyed. The kind of devastation that you see after a powerful tornado comes through. Everywhere you look, you just see brokenness. Your life, friend, will be one or the other. You'll build a home that's beautiful and that blesses others. Or you'll be a force of harm and destruction in the lives of others. Will you listen to the word of God? Will you fear him? Will you walk in the way of wisdom? Will you listen? Will you hear And will you follow? So walk in the fear of God. Believers today, if you're you're a Christian and you've kind of gotten on the wrong path, maybe you've you've just sort of drifted away, gotten focused on other things, I want to plead with you. Ask the Lord to help you fear Him. Ask the Lord to help you want to know Him and love Him 
Ask Him to change your heart. And if you're a believer and you're striving to truly walk with Him and you're striving to walk on the path of wisdom, then I encourage you, plead with Him for the grace to persevere, for the grace to keep going so that you might not lose heart. Now, some of you who are here, you don't know the Lord Jesus. But Jesus is the picture of of true wisdom. Maybe you've been walking in the path of the world's wisdom. Get a lot of money, hold on to it, have have as good a time as you can, just have fun, look out for yourself, do it your way. And this morning, perhaps God is speaking to you and he's saying to you, I want you to take a different path. I want you to fear me and know me and love me. You see, when you turn from your sin and you call out to the Lord and you say to him, please forgive me, I, I want to follow you, I believe in you. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that he saves you and he changes you and he puts you on that path of wisdom. He puts you on the right path, that path of fearing God. He gives you eternal life. And so this morning I ask you, have you ever turned to Christ? Today, won't you come to him? Won't you take the path of wisdom? Don't wait. You may not have tomorrow. The fool would walk away from an opportunity to know Christ. But the way of wisdom, the way of wisdom means trusting him, calling out to him in faith. Let's pray together.